This is Corolla Digital. Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison. I just want to say thank you so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, which, let's face it, you do, tell a friend. You can listen to us all sorts of places. A couple of them would be iTunes or AllisonRosen.com. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature. For a free audiobook of your choice and a 30-day trial, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash BFF. Hello, my little Olive Garden breadsticks. It's me, Allison. Before the show officially starts, we have time for a few words. Hello, Gary. Hey, Allison. How's it going? Not bad. How are you? I am I am exhausted. Me too. What's exhausting you? I've been here since like 8 this morning. That's a 8? Yeah. That's insane for podcasting. Yeah. Why did that have to happen? Did someone have some kind of needing to be needing to do a, an interview with a guest that is on insane hours? Um, a couple people. At one point, I had three shows going at the same time. I don't even know how that's possible, but I did. How? I was how, using multiple studios. And how? <laughs> I was using multiple studios, and I wasn't present for all of them. It was pretty So there's insane. two here, and then you were in the other warehouse as well? Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. It's been a day, but... Whatever. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. What I was going to say is that I used to do a lot of live morning TV, live news, and you were always exhausted when you'd do it because it was like 6 a.m. Um, but the thing with that is that you never admit you're tired because the whole point of morning news is to be super peppy and up and all like that. I mean, no one ever said to you, don't say you're tired, but it was just like obvious that you would never reveal that. So I have had this thing in my head that when you're on air, you should never reveal an energy level that is anything other than full of pizzazz. But then it occurred to me, this is podcasting where we let it all hang out. So I'm going to tell you guys, I am exhausted as fuck. I had three cups of coffee and I still feel the third, two were the normal. The third was because I was like, I I have to go to work and I have to do podcasting, which is work. I mean, it's delightful, but that's what I mean by work. And I'm going to fall asleep, but it didn't work. So I don't know what's going on, but I feel like I've been hit by a truck, a sleepy truck. But you know what I do know? That we have an iTunes comment of the week. Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments. And don't forget to click five stars. All right. This week's iTunes comment of the week comes from Sarlax, and it is titled The Samuel. Listening to Allison is like being on a great date. You don't check your watch, but you suddenly realize it is it's an hour that an hour has gone by and you're still having a good time. The cool thing about Allison as an interviewer and host is that she's genuinely interested in the guests and treats them like new friends she wants to get to know. Well, thank you, the Samuel. I wonder if he's Sarlax. Oh, the title was the Samuel. Yeah. I feel like that might be his name though, don't you think? Maybe. Well, thank you, Sarlax Samuel. I mean, who knows really? I feel like Sar is like S-A for... You know what? I'm getting stuck in something that's not important. Thank you, commenter. That is a delightful comment. I appreciate that. I feel like I'm on a date with all of you guys. And if I were, you know what I would tell you? I would tell you that the best place to get your audiobook... By the way, who has time to actually flip pages these days? You're on the go. You're listening to things on your iPod. You're listening to them in your car. You're listening to them in your cubicle while someone else thinks you're actually working. Uh, And... Uh, Audible has not a bazillion because that is 
an inexact number, but well over 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature. Um, my fiance Daniel is a regular subscriber to Audible and is constantly telling me about all the books that he downloads. In fact, I think I told you guys, but I'll tell you again, uh, I do not enjoy being scared. I don't enjoy things that are frightening. And as if he completely forgot who he lived with, he told me all about listening to the new Stephen King book, Dr. Sleep. Um, and I was sitting there thinking, great. <clears throat> now, I won't be able to sleep because I'm scared. But then after I talked about it, someone told me that they went to Audible uh, and downloaded that title and they enjoyed it. So, hey, if you enjoy that kind of stuff, which you probably do. I realize a lot of people do. I realize I happen to be missing that thing that enjoys being frightened. Uh, go get that book. Another book I would recommend is Rob Delaney. Mother, Wife, Sister, Human, Warrior, Falcon, Yardstick, Turban, Cabbage. It is written and narrated by comedian Rob Delaney. So for a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash BFF. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash BFF. Again, for my listeners, that's you guys. Lucky you guys. Audible is offering a free audiobook uh, and a 30-day trial. So go. Go there now and uh, never be bored again. Also... It's around that time of year where you're probably thinking, so many people I need to buy gifts for. Whatever shall I give them? Someone's looking hairy. You might not be thinking that last part. But anyway, you need you need to give someone on your list the no-no. Whether they're hairy or not, because face it, everyone has hair they want to remove. I mean, raise your hand if you have hair that you don't want to remove. Gary just raised his hand. I know... No, I was confused by the question. <laughs> I put it down when, okay. I, when I heard the rest of it. <laughs> Because it came out very recently that the hair on your face goes up to your eyeballs if you don't trim that shit. <laughs> but you don't want to use the no-no on your eyeball. That, no, that would be no, bad. I, I use it to keep myself away from needing to Exactly. Yeah. Just to create some boundaries on that. <laughs> facial, <laughs> facial hedge you're rocking. Um, so the no-no is this really cool portable device that removes hair and I've been st- I've been struggling to because I've been saying it's about the size of a cell phone and, I've been, and then I correct myself I'm like that's not accurate anymore maybe size of a Nokia phone some days some years ago it's here's another outdated piece of technology that might mean something to you that it is exactly the size of the flip video camera and by that what I'm saying is it's very small uh, and it's safe to use on your body and face and there's no pulling, tearing, scraping. You just you glide it along your skin, and there's this LED readout, and it tells you if you're doing it right. And you can also tell because, you know, the hair is removed. Um, and the thing about the no-no that is pretty, um, I'd say inc- I'm going to say incredible. Before I was saying it, I don't like being scared. I also don't like pain. Unlike those people who enjoy pain, I don't like it at all. And I was told this is painless, and I thought... I'll be the judge of that. And then I was afraid to try it. But then once I did, I was like, wow, not only, it's not like, oh, it's tolerable. It's actually, I didn't feel it. It is actually painless. Um, so the no-no works on all skin types, all hair colors. It's safe and effective for both men and women. It uses a patented Thermacon technology to remove and treat hair for weeks of long-lasting results. So to take advantage of an exclusive offer for my listeners, again, that's you guys, just go to nonobestfriend.com. Or call 800-508-4815. Again, that's nonobestfriend.com. Or call 800-508-4815. Here is the offer, the exclusive offer for you guys. You get the no-no device, an exclusive facial kit, so you can use it not only on your body, but also to remove facial hair. A travel case, so you can take it wherever you want to go. Um, the travel case is super cool. 
I, I uh, it's very well. Hopefully, they might have a number of cool travel cases, but the cool one I have is silver, and uh, maybe I'll just use it as a little evening clutch. Uh, $100 discount shopping card and the entire purchase is backed by their triple guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, they'll refund the purchase price, refund the shipping, and even pay for you to ship it back to them so you don't risk a penny to try no-no. Terms and conditions may apply. Okay, here is the episode with Brian Redband. I really, really enjoyed talking to him, and I think that you guys will enjoy listening to this. And if you're Brian Redband fans who are listening to this and you don't know me, uh, I really enjoy talking to you, and I think you'll and enjoy me. <laughs> I, well, I'll, I'll throw that in. I like Olive Garden. You do? Sure. And Buttholes? Uh, that's a callback in advance. <laughs> call forward. Yeah. We're call forwarding, but not, but not specifically. But not my number. Right, not like that. Anyway, here's the episode. I love you guys. Here it is. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. It is me, Allison Rosen, and I'm sitting here with Brian Redban of Death Squad, co-host of the Joe Rogan podcast, producer extraordinaire. I'm looking on IMDb right now. You're, you produce The Naughty Show? Uh, I used to. I, st- I started a, The Naughty Show and a couple other podcasts, and The Naughty Show just happened to somehow end up on my IMDb, which is a weird IMDb to begin with. <laughs> yeah, I think – I don't know who puts stuff on – I think probably people affiliated with the projects put it on IMDb. Yeah. there's. I mean there's movies on there that should not be on like, – I was on like this this really low-budget uh, horror movie that was filmed really like on iPhones and have, somehow that's on there as a movie, which is hilarious. Which one is that? Cannibal Blood Girl? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be which, funny if funny if it weren't Cannibal Blood Girl. Right. And then also I'm looking on the message boards here at the bottom of your IMDb page. Uh-oh. Have you seen it? No. What a hunk. <laughs> Also, I saw him on Melrose, and I saw him on JRE. Oh, that's Joe Rogan yeah. experience. Yes. Um, so, Brian, what's your story? How did you get to be Death Squad impresario? Where Where'd you grow up, etc.? Uh, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. I actually lived there for thirty years, and I was pretty much. I, I got to that point where I gave up on life, and and <laughs> I was working a horrible job, and just nothing was going my way. And what was the horrible job? I was working at Gateway Computers at the time doing business sales and stuff like that. Uh, and what happened is is that I was pretty much trying to find a way out of Columbus, Ohio and pursue something more interesting. So I was really good at doing like web design. I went to school for web design and multimedia. But this was way before like YouTube or anything like that. So I found a way to film things, edit it, and then compress the video really small to put on people's websites. So I'd go to like entertainers and and like musicians like Nine Inch Nails and stuff, and you know, and I'd take photos for them and do things for them for that. And then I started. I met Doug Benson, or not Doug Benson, uh, Doug Stanhope, and I, I started going to his shows, making little movies for him. And then Joe Rogan, who I had been a fan of, going on his message boards. Uh, started flying me out to his shows to like do the same thing, make these little cute movies for for, the, for his website. And- I mean, at that time, the, was the ability to take a movie and compress it so that it could sit on a website a, a huge it was thing? A, yeah, no one I knew how to it. do that. Because how it, did you? Was it the kind of thing that you figured out on your own how to do it? Right. Yeah. It was. It took a lot of 
and just to make the movie would take like days, you know. So then you'd be like, all right, let's see how this goes. Nope, that's too big for a website. <laughs> and so it was a lot of what just was it? Were it you out. programming it? I was compressing it, trying to compress it as small as possible, make it look as good as possible. Because back then it would take you, you know, you could have like a three minute movie clip and it would take you two hours to download it. You know, mm-hmm. that's how it was. I mean, how would you actually compress something? Make it really small. Uh, and uh, you can play with back then. And I don't know what program it was. There was a program that you can play with colors. So you could pretty much say instead of having 256 colors, kind of like a JPEG, uh, you can uh, compress it down like, all right, this movie's only going to use 40 colors. Right. right. So, so just stripping out information and basically. audio and really lowering the audio, mm-hmm. audio quality. And stuff like that. So, yeah, I did that. And then one day Joe just uh, called me up and was like, hey, would you, you know, would you like to move to California and just follow me around with a video camera and do this for a living? And I was like, yeah. And so uh, I went to Gateway to put in my two-week notice. <laughs> and they're like, oh, hold on. We need to talk to you real quick. Come, come to the office. We're closing all the stores down. Gateway's going out of business for the stores. And so here's a severance package of like $3,000. So I had like my two-week notice. And I'm like, oh, no, I didn't need to talk to you about anything, you know, so – that's it, perfect timing. I feel like if it had been me, I would have – it wouldn't have gone that way. I would have right. put in my two weeks notice, not gotten the severance. Right. So you're lucky. I, I've had a lot of weird luck my whole life and that that's one of the biggest ones. But yeah, and then so then I moved out here and – you know, I started doing videos for Joe. I made the Carlos Mencia versus Joe Rogan video, which was really big at the time. And and then I just kind of got tired of doing videos. Like it was just – How long ago was that that you came out here? Um, About – 11 years, 10 years. Yeah, it was about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and so I just got tired of doing videos because after you film somebody for, I don't know, seven years of being in a green room of a comedy club or doing this and that, you pretty much run out of any kind of like ideas. You, you just So I was thinking of, you know, podcasting and doing video podcasting actually is what I really wanted to do. Like have, you know, like it will be at a green room instead of me filming Joe, what's going on in the green room and trying to make a cool movie about it. Why don't we just do a live stream? And so we started off doing like little Justin TV things and it never really caught on because like, I don't know, no no one was really watching video podcasts back then. I remember. Right. (laughs) And then one day me and Joe just sat around and we're like, let's just do it again. Let's try it again. Let's do it from my house. And then we started just doing it on our laptop at his house and, then people were like, you should take the audio out of it and just put it on iTunes. And and then that started to catch on. And then all my friends were like, oh, I want to do that too. Like, And so all my friends are comedians. And I was like, you know, I could just make a studio at my house and we could do it from my house. And I started Death Squad. And, and I started just going to all my friends like Ari Shafir, Sam Tripoli, Joey Diaz, and all those guys and just giving them podcasts and getting them kind of addicted to it. Like Tom Segura was another one. And uh, then, you know. Uh, they but all have it successful. It started com- as giving them just audio podcasts. No video. I've always, from the beginning, started video and audio, and uh, and a lot of them, like you know, Tom Segura. I think I did. I don't even know, like almost a hundred episodes, maybe uh, seventy episodes. Uh, and then you know they moved on, and now they're successful now. But yeah, it's all started, you know, just from my bedroom, and then now it's grown into where I've taken it out of my bedroom and I have a studio at the Ice House in Pasadena Comedy Club and I do it from there and then I'm also working for Joe still at his studio. He he got a new studio. And so now it's just I'm doing so many podcasts now that I don't even know. I don't know how I'm even here right now. How many are you doing? <laughs> uh, I'd probably say every week I do about three live ones, um, about three Joe Rogan ones and about four or five other miscellaneous other podcasts. Mm-hmm. So when you guys are doing a video podcast where you then put the audio on iTunes, mm-hmm. um, 
can you explain sort of which element of it takes priority if one does? Audio definitely takes priority because the majority are st- is still listening to audio in their cars or whatever, working out. And the video is just now, I would say, within the last year, catching on a little bit more because of the cell phones and, and the technology and, and all that stuff. So now I'm just starting to kind of fine-tune the video part of it. Like I never did HD before because it took too much space up. But now there's like websites like Ustream and Vimeo that are very HD friendly. So I've been trying to upgrade the studio to more HD cameras and stuff. But the problem is, is that I'm, I'm paying for everything. So, you know, I don't have a staff or anything. I'm doing everything that's death squad. It's pretty much me. And so it's pretty much I rely on just uh, T-shirts. So I make, I started a T-shirt company that's been very successful. Like an each T-shirt is a $200. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I wish. But no, so now it's 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 fun. It's it's to me it started off as a hobby and now it's pretty much overtaken my life. And mm-hmm. what's really crazy about the whole thing is while I was doing all this, I, I got into comedy again and now that's really blowing up. So now I'm like a touring comedian on top of doing all this. So it's been pretty stressful. So, yeah. So you say got into comedy again. Was that something you were pursuing back in your gateway days? Yes, I was. I, I, uh, there's only one comedy club that I knew of in Columbus, Ohio at the time. And there was like 50 comics. So to try to become a stand-up comedian in Columbus, Ohio was a pain. And so you would have to audition just to do three minutes every week. And you never made – like there's 50 people auditioning for you know 10 spots. So you would get on maybe once every month and a half. So it – it was very time consuming. There was very I never got on stage and then the last there was one time I got on stage this day Bob Hope died and I, I was you know, my influences were Doug Stanhope and Joe Rogan at the time, so that I was just, you know, a pretty dirty comic and I decided to do a Bob Hope joke the day he died and uh the the, the, the audience I didn't know, you know, for their open mics there in Columbus would fill it up. Uh, with a local retirement home. They gave them free tickets because uh. they didn't know the difference what open mic is. Yeah. And so I went out there. I was like, oh, my God, these are all old people. And I did the joke, and I got booed and hissed off stage. <laughs> so then I was like, you know what? This is not worth it. I'm not doing this. And then it took a while. Like, I moved to L.A. and then, you know, a few years living here. And then Joe was like, well, you, know, you need to get back into comedy. And I'm like, I'm not doing that anymore. So he would just, like, throw me on stage in front of sold-out shows and just, like, do your comedy. And Did you have prepared stuff? I, I had stuff that had, you know, I would still write. Even when I wasn't doing stand-up, I still wrote all the time. I have this thing where, like, you know, something funny happens at night or something like that. I'll, I'll type it in my phone or write it down and – so I, what I did is I pretty much just went through the notes, you know, 10 minutes before I got thrown on stage and just tried to make a set and did it. And I actually did pretty decent for a while. And then then it got to a point where I was like, all right, you know, I need to start actually taking this more serious. And so I've been really doing a lot of comedy now. And now I'm just addicted to it. And it's going great. So thank, thank God for the podcast and stuff. I could pretty much go anywhere and do a show and people will come to it. So that's nice. So. How frequently do you tour? Um, lately it's been almost, I would say every week, every other week, which is, I want to do it pretty much every other week would be ideal. But yeah, I just was in uh, San Diego all weekend. You know, I had a show there on Halloween and it was huge with Doug uh, Benson and Brody Stevens and all those crazy people. And then I stayed and opened up, did guest sets and uh, featured for Brian Callen. So, so it was fun. It's pretty cool being a comedian because, like if you just happen to be in town and your friends in town is a comic, you could pretty much just go up and do spots with them, you know. So, just being able to do spots is all I want to do right now. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, what was your family like? 
Or is your family like um, Columbus family? Very Ohio. You know, very, I grew up. I mean, up, I've seen Family Ties, <laughs> right. but that's like all I know of it. That's pretty much what it is, except divorce. So Family Ties was divorced. Yeah, my mom, super religious, wholesome, you know, whatever. Very, what religion? Uh, Lutheran, Christian. So I had to do all that growing up. And then uh, my dad, pretty much like quagmire, you know, op- opposite, you know, just still drinks margaritas every day on the porch at seven, you know, when he gets off work or whatever. So, yeah, I grew up, you know, just typical divorced you know, pretty poor growing up, actually, mm-hmm. you know, living with your mom in, in like a t- two-bedroom apartment, sharing a, a bedroom with your sister until you're like 14. Wow. Yeah. Older or younger sister? Younger sister. So it was really weird. Like our bedroom was split by our dressers. And so, <laughs> yeah, it was really weird. And plus being a, a, a creepy, perverted kid and having your sister in your room while you're trying to carve a hole into – like I had this thing where I had this apartment next to me and I would hear them have sex. And so as a younger kid, I tried to make a hole – so I could peek through their wall mm-hmm. and behind this picture that was hanging on my wall. So every day I would just sit there with like a screwdriver and try. I didn't know anything about firewalls or anything, you know, <laughs> like that. So and then one day it just got too big and, and the, I guess the hole was just too big. And my mom found out and I got in a lot of trouble, which I always got in trouble, though. You know, would you get grounded or? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I always got grounded. I always got in trouble. I'm, th- I'm just so thankful that there wasn't computers back then, you know, because finding my diary as a kid, you know, was pretty bad because, you know, I actually wrote crazy shit in there that I did, you know. And then I can't imagine, though, if I had a computer, the stuff that she would find on there mm-hmm. as a kid. Well, yeah. so you, were you really creepy and perverted or were you just a normal kid? I was pretty creepy. Most kids. Okay. Like yeah. How? Yeah. I mean, like, like me and my friend, uh, we lived in this neighborhood and just happened like the three most popular girls in our neighbor in school lived on our street and so me and him would take those girls like when they were like 12 or something like that you know play doctor with them just be creeps with them were you popular at that time no i i didn't i never was really popular i was an art art guy like Mm -hmm. i was just hung out with artists and like hoods and smokers and stuff but i never really i I got bullied when i was younger uh but then uh middle school just kind of middle of the road. And then high school, I kind of became – I just hung out with popular girls. So I always hung out with girls. I never really hung out with guys. I, did, I never played sports and stuff. I was always just like the, the, the guy that just hung out with all the hot girls for some reason. And were you <laughs> dating them or were you just friends with them? No, I was mostly just friends with them um, for most of the time. I don't know why. What do you think that was that made it so that you were friends with girls more than guys? I mean aside from that, not being athletic. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 uh, I was pretty funny. And I think – I don't know why. I, I was not bad looking in high school. So I think the girls just – I don't know. I, I just connect way better. It's so weird. I connect way better with females than I do with guys. That's like, what I was going to say. Yeah. Were you more comfortable with yeah. them? I grew up with my mom and my sister. So maybe that's had a lot to do with it. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know I only had a couple guy friends and they were all artists. So they weren't you know, really guys. I guess. Did you, <laughs> and did you see your margarita porch drinking dad <laughs> frequently growing up? Oh yeah, yeah. We we did like the, the the every weekend. I'd be at my dad's house type thing, and I also moved back and forth from living with my mom to my dad, and to my mom to my dad. Mm-hmm. Later years, more of my dad because he didn't care if I, you know, came home at three in the morning when I was in high school and stuff like that as much as my mom. But yeah, I mean, I I I was in Ohio. There was not much to do, so you a lot at an earlier age. I think you start getting into drinking and smoking pot a little bit earlier than most places. How were you? I think I started 15 and I started by, you know, doing it with a girl that was in a cheerleader. And I was like, oh, my God, you have this drug called marijuana. And so we'd smoke it in my uh, parents' uh, garage. 
And the next thing I know, just people I worked with, I would work at movie theaters most of my life, and they were in college, so they would invite me to college parties. Me being like a sixteen-year-old doing, you know, Everlast and or ever whatever that Everclear, Everclear, Everclear that, yeah, like really strong alcohol. Right? Yeah, they would sneak it from like like military bases or something like that. And uh, so I would you know hang out with college kids at a very young age and. And I, I grew up really weird. I, I like the college kids bring their younger sisters to hang out for the weekend, and they'd, they'd be like, "All right, you could sleep with Brian, so go upstairs." And like, I was getting like, I was kind of like a little man whore growing up for their, their younger <laughs> sisters. I don't know why you would want your sister to sleep, but I, I don't know. Wait, weird. who guys or girls would say to their guys, younger sisters? Guys, it's like, oh, you should sleep with Brian. He yeah, go upstairs, take Brian upstairs, and this happened like with two different girls. But I would never do that with my sister. I would never that's like. What, that's that, what I'm thinking. What kind of I don't know loyal or not loyalty, but, but what kind of protectiveness was that? But who are these guys that would hang out with high school kids either? You know, like these kids that's were true. <laughs> like it was weird. So I and I'm looking back like, did they just molest me the whole time? I just don't remember it or something. You know, like why would they hang out with me and try? I just don't know. Unless they had like some weird videotaping sex ring thing <laughs> or something. I'm looking back now. I'm like, wait, that didn't ma- not make any sense. Yeah, weird. Or maybe you were mature for your age. I think I was. And they liked you. Yeah. I think I was. Eh, whatever. Okay. So <laughs> so back to the creepy. Yeah. You played doctor with the popular girls. That doesn't right. sound creepy. That just sounds well, lucky. Normal, I guess. I mean, Probably. it was pretty young, I guess. Did you play doctor at a young age with the I mean, neighborhood kids? Like stick pencils in you and smell it and stuff like that? <laughs> no, but is that is that playing doctor? Yeah, yeah. Then would... Greg Fitzsimmons played doctor with himself. He put pencils inside of himself? Put a pencil in his butt. And smelled it? Did he smell it, Gary? I mean, one would assume. I don't, I don't know that if that question was asked. part of the story. <laughs> oh, I got to talk to Greg about this. Nice. Yeah. Um, you know, there, I, I didn't do a lot of of that, but I feel like it's normal. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, what's weird, though, is that I'm now... Like, I had a lot of weird things with it, like the neighborhood girls and stuff. What's weird, though, is you're friends with them on Facebook now. <laughs> And, like, I'll come home really drunk and just, like, say something stupid. Like, at one time, this girl, I had a babysitter. This is a true story. Uh, I had a babysitter, and she was really beautiful. I think I was, like, maybe 10, 11. And she was just young, you know, blonde hair. And she would sit there and masturbate, like, underneath the blanket while I'm sitting on the couch next to her. And then Wow. So, yeah. And so I would look over. I'm like, what is she doing? Like, like she, you know, she just has her eyes closed and doing weird stuff. So then I'll be like, I want to play Fort. And I got to go under the blanket and I'd see what she's doing. And she wouldn't stop. How old were you? I'd probably say like 11. How old was she? I'd probably say like 16, 17, maybe. Okay. Go ahead. Maybe I was younger, 10. Mm -hmm. But then like, I would just sit there and look at her play. And and then, then like I'd put my head on and her her crotch and stuff like that and she it wouldn't be like she would push my face into her or anything she just wouldn't stop me right and then i would just like touch her boobs anyways so now i'm friends with her on facebook and she's like <laughs> married has her own kids and i was so drunk once and she just posted a photo of her family and i wrote on the photo i was like i hope you babysit your kids as good as you babysat me and i was like <laughs> and next <laughs> the next day i was like did i really write that or was i please let that be a dream you know and stuff like that but the creepiest thing is she didn't delete the the comment she just liked it she liked it yeah like is oh, this that's, like that's weird well here here's the thing about that right it only has meaning to the two of you because right. it it, right. it seems inoffensive to someone who doesn't know right but like, wow i know yeah that's pretty hot too i mean <laughs> she's not that hot anymore though it's pretty hot I mean, in theory, but when you think that it's you were 10, 
I'd I say mean, like I guess. 10 or 11. I guess it's it, it's one of those interesting double standard things, right. though, because if it were a male babysitter right. and a girl, then... yeah, that's completely disgusting and against the law and everything right. like that. Right. But to me, it's like no, that was one of the greatest memories of my life. I still in my <laughs> spank bank. I haven't used that one in a while, but yeah. How many <laughs> memories are typically in a spank bank at the at a, t- a time? Um, I don't it's know. Like the internet. Yeah, it is. It, I mean, it, they start fading away though, because I mean, I had a, the, my biggest go-to one uh, is fading away s- recently, and mm-hmm. I can't even think about it as much anymore. But it was the best one because what was it? I had a girlfriend in high school, and we had been dating for like two years, and we worked at a movie theater together. And our boss, I think we were eighteen, seventeen. We were seniors in high school, uh, seventeen, and we had a, a girl who was our manager who was twenty-one or twenty-two, and she. She had just graduated college, and her mom had a party for her, and she lived with her mom, and she had a keg left over. And she's like, you know, after work, if you want to come back to our place and drink a keg. And I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. So I brought my girlfriend, us three, in the basement of her mom's house, mom asleep, drinking this keg till the five in the morning. And we got so wasted because we're young. We're 18. And then I went to the bathroom, came back downstairs, and my girlfriend and my boss girl, uh, we were taking each other's clothes off. And they're like, why don't you join us? And we had a threesome. And it was not only a threesome, the first time I ever had a threesome, but it was also the first time I ever did anal with the manager girl, the older girl. And <laughs> Well, where was your girlfriend during this? She, just right there? Just right there. Like, they were making out and doing – I later found out that both of them became kind of like bisexuals. Mm-hmm. One, she, The older girl became a cop. <laughs> wow! Yeah, and the other girl is a bisexual, but then ended up getting married. But anyways, that was in my spank bag because that was so much for like that was a threesome, that was anal, so many was, questions. <laughs> yeah. How did it get determined that you'd be putting it in her butt? Uh, because we were doing it, and then uh, <laughs> there's a lot of holes to choose yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four specifically. I think my girlfriend goes, Six. "Hey, do you want to have sex with her in her butt?" Six. And I said, "Yeah, I'll try that." And what was funny is. You and know, she and she signed off on it clearly. Yeah. Okay. And what, what I think she was she did it a lot because I remember it wasn't like it was just like wow that's in you right now like it wasn't like where you try it now and you're like does it hurt All right, I'm only going right. to go a second it wasn't like that it was more like oh my god I'm in you that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it was you know that I don't know like that, I had a lot of weird things like that happen to me where stuff like that happens a lot like weird i'd say did it happen to you more in ohio than out here no it's gotten it's gotten way worse out here i've actually it's Hmm. actually spinning out of control out here so i'm trying to stop trying i stopped drinking jack daniels for that reason the it being what just crazy shit happening like like i i you know started dating porn stars when i lived out here but only girl girl porn stars but then that shit because you have standards yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't actually i take that back i I started dating a girl, girl porn star by mis- like not even pursuing it. Like I just met her, and she just happened to be Penthouse Pet of the Year, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh wow, that's cool!" And started dating her, and then we, we broke up, and then I started dating a friend of hers, and then I don't know, it's it, that right there, like the the L A. It's weird because of that reason alone. You're not the around. Porn stars? No- yeah, they're everywhere. Like you, if you're not a porn star, you're a cam girl or you're a failed actress that's thinking about getting into porn. You, you, you have these really this desperation out here, and especially mm-hmm. when you, now, like you know, when I started Desk Squad and I have you know like this podcast thing, you, and people think I could help them out. You really get thrown crazy situations a lot out here. I've noticed, and it's gotten crazy. It's it's like. It's to me, I, I've lately, just lately, I've been like, whoa, I need to stop for a second. Like, I've been single now for like, I think, seven months now. And I'm just trying to do slight dating now. But 
it, I really had to put the brakes on because I was just like, this is out of control. It's just too much drama and stuff like that going on with weird situations. With all the weird situations and stuff that you feel like you need to put the brakes on, um, were your own emotions getting involved? Yeah. I mean, it's, I have a problem with, uh, I don't know, like when, when, when I get in like these crazy situations, I, I, I don't really see them until it's already too late. I you know what I mean? so much. Yeah. Like, like I, I had this relationship where it should have ended a long time ago and I was staying in it and staying in it. And next thing you know, she's going through my phone when I'm sleeping and texting people as me trying to see if I'm cheating on her. Mm. She's sending every photo and every text message, like taking screenshots and sending it to her own email. And like it, it blew up where to the, I lost a lot of friends that I wasn't even sleeping with just girls that I, you know, you know, were friends with. And and, and it was, it because of the text she had sent from your phone. What what was she saying? She was saying, Hey, why don't you come over? Let's do, let's play around. Let's, you know, like acting like a creep pretty much to my friends. Was it to see if, like to sort of te- to find out who you were messing around right, with, right, right. And one of them was my stepmom that she wrote me. Th- this, oh my that god! Too. I mean, it got bad to the point where like gr- people that were friends with me were like, "Who the f-? you know?" I'm scared of whoever. Like, I'm not getting involved with you at all. You know, I thought we yeah. were just a little bit of friends, but now I'm just getting away. From- like, I had that happen. Where- How did you find out? I mean, I guess uh, on, you honestly, could see it in your phone, she, no, right? she deleted it on, so I had no idea none, none of this was going on. And then, like, people would come up to me and like, "Why are you saying that? Like, why did you say that the other night?" I'm like, "What are you talking?" Next thing I know, I put the mat, put it together, looked at my sent emails on my phone, and that's where I saw it. And like, oh my god, I had sent 350 sent emails for you know in one hour. What the hell? Wow. Yeah, I mean, there's. You a, think she would have deleted that? You think so? You know, <laughs> but I don't know, man. I, 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 she did this while I was sleeping next to her on phone and I was looking at the timeline of emails and it really was like I think she spent five hours doing this was she on drugs? no but see that's another thing like one thing about a lot of the girls that live out here because of the industry that we're in in the entertainment industry you're finding a lot of these people are a little crazier than normal people you know like in Ohio Yeah. yeah if you're an actress you're a little you know, a little different than the other girls. But when you have a whole city full of these little different girls, it's <laughs> you stop forgetting where the normal girls are. So, yeah, it's really hard, I think, dating out here, meeting anything normal. And then you, you get lost out here very easily into thinking what's crazy, crazy is normal. And Yeah. Now, you said that you should have ended that relationship mm-hmm. a lot sooner. Right. Looking back, were there signs that you were ignoring? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like what? <laughs> uh, well... Like was the first time I ever had a, one of those holes in your walls, you know, where where you go over somebody's house and like, how do you have that hole in your wall, like a domestic violence hole? You know, oh, you ever seen oh, what I'm talking? About? Like, I, where, <laughs> like have you ever had one of those? Where actually, no. <laughs> exactly, I've never had one. I'm I'm 39 years old. I've never had one of those holes, and I'm like, oh, she kicked a hole in my wall. That's really great. Like, who does that? Mm-hmm. You know, and then just you know, just the breaking up thing, where the jealousy thing, where it's constantly like. Her being jealous of me, you being jealous of her. It's not a healthy relationship at all, you know, and you're maybe together because, you know, you just think she's pretty, you know, or like my biggest thing is I I, I feel like I could fix everything. Like, oh, you know, we can just work together, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And it usually works for like a month. And then next thing you know, it's 
blows up and gets two ton, two thousand times worse. But mm-hmm. have you ever dated someone where there wasn't something that needed fixing? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I'm actually a monogamous dater usually most of my life, and it's usually always been like three years, five years. I moved out with a girl here that I dated for eight years, and. Uh, that there wasn't really anything wrong with that one except it was just boring as fuck you know i mean after f- three or four years if you're with somebody you know it's really hard to get over that little hump to make it like all right i'm still interested in this person i still like this person but uh yeah there's been a couple girls where you know i fucked up like with her i was just bored and i mean looking back at that now it's like no you're supposed to be with that person because that person's just you know calm and mellow and But I always look for – always I need to be interested in it. I need to be excited or I can't just be sitting on the couch watching Lost all the seasons in a week, (laughs) which I did with her. It's just just, – it's – So you say you fucked up. Did you cheat? No, I didn't cheat. I I fucked up meaning like what I look for in a person is not healthy ever since I moved out here, I think. Like what I'm looking for now is like, oh, this girl's beautiful and stuff and that comes first where – You just can't do it that way. And I think what I mean I fucked up is I I fucked up with her and a couple of girls where, no, everything was fine. Everything was normal. You know, maybe we could have just done something different to, you know, fine tune it a little Mm -hmm. instead of just, you know, break up, find somebody else. I need something crazier, younger, whatever. I wonder why that is that you started looking for the wrong things when you came out here. Was it? Do you think it was just opportunity? Opportunity, yeah. I didn't have that in Ohio. I mean, you're out here. You're you're hanging out with tens in Ohio. You're hanging out with sixes and drinking ten beers. You know, just to, you know, like it's <laughs> is that really different. good beers or is that a quantity of beer? Oh, Miller Lite, yeah. <laughs> Tons of nickel pitchers, you know, stuff like that. It, beer is so weird in Ohio. I was thinking that the other day. They had a bar when I was in college that was. You could sneak in. They won't check IDs. We were 18. We'd go to this thing. They had nickel pitchers, meaning for a nickel, you get a whole pitcher of beer when you're 18. And that's what we'd do every weekend. That was normal. Mm -hmm. Like you became an alcoholic if you lived in the Midwest, I think, for the most part, because there's just nothing to do. Where'd you go to college? Uh, Columbus State and then briefly Ohio State. And then I just got a job uh, before I graduated, so... That was in my field, so I just stopped going. I just never went back because I think I have like two math classes left. And I'm like, I'm not doing math. I hate math. <laughs> you said you studied web design? Yeah, I was doing – back then it was like AOL was first came out. And they didn't really have web design. No one knew what that was. And I, took, I went to this first classes. It was not even called web design. It was called multimedia production and design. And what it was for is doing web pages and kiosk stuff and like graphics and – you know, Photoshop and stuff like that, but they didn't really have, they, they had no idea what they were doing. So they, they were using, teaching us programs that didn't even exist past the first year, you know, and stuff. So it was kind of a clusterfuck. So uh, that's why when I got a job in the field, I was like, you know what, this is just confusing as hell. I'll just get the job that I'm, you know, going to school for. And so I worked for like this big Indian uh, software company where I was you know, like one of the very only uh, Americans there. And I taught, a group of 50 people that were fresh off the boat, how to act American. Like there was a movie recently that came out that was all about this, where this guy went to uh, India to teach them how to act cool and stuff. That's what I would have to do. But it was really hard uh, doing this uh, because – Did they give you a lesson plan or where you just came up with it on your own? Well, not really. What what it was is I was in charge of their web design and I had – 
a staff of like 50 Indian people that I just had to kind of oversee, but also they would go on job interviews because they were like uh, hired out through this company. And I had to like kind of like, you know, make sure they, because the, they, these are people that seriously have only been there for two weeks. And so I'd have to like, you know, make sure everything, like how, tell them how to like talk to people and stuff. But that was really hard because I, they did not like me telling them like, hey, you need to put deodorant on. You really do. You really stink. And because you know, they're like, what's deodorant? You know, and you're like, <laughs> But yeah, so I got a, had a lot of, you know, I did not like that job. That was, job was horrible, but I worked there for like two years and then I decided just to wait, work for Gateway and sell computers, try sales for a while. But yeah, I'm so glad I'm not doing that anymore. What interested you about the internet so early? Um, I, I don't know. I guess communication was probably the biggest thing. Being able to just talk. They used to have this thing called member directory where you could just search around you and to see who's online and then you could just send them a chat message. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like Was that now. like back in the bulletin board days or? No, it was like AOL 2.0 where it used to be like instant message and you would just get like an instant message from somebody like, who is this person? And you're like, yes. hey. I, yes, <laughs> talking about that recently. Yeah, it's like, I live a mile away. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I live a mile away. Where now if somebody, if you just got a text that says, hey, I live a mile away, I yeah. know your whole profile, I know your age, I you know. It's weird now. It's but yeah, back then I think that's what really turned me on is just being able to talk and search and I mean when I was younger, younger, they had that other internet where you it was just like you could like access the library and check out books or something mm-hmm. like that. Like it was before the actual real internet. It was really it's like where you had the phone and you put it on like some machine and it would call. Oh, I sort of I sort of know what you mean because I'm picturing like a big phone. Right. Yeah, it was a big phone on a box and my uh-huh. friend was like the first person in the neighborhood to have this and he was just like a computer nerd to begin with. I don't even know how he was a computer nerd, you know, but he was really into it and he found ways that to go in to actually access our school's computer and He's do a stuff. Hacker. Yeah, he was like the, one of the first hackers I ever met. And he would like like I owed money at the library and he was like, "Look, I can go in here and change it. Now you owe nothing." And I'm like, "Wow, you're amazing." <laughs> but uh I think from that, then when the internet became a little bit more friendly for everybody, I think that's just when I, I just never let go. I've been a, a computer nerd ever since AOL, one mm-hmm. CompuServe, whatever it was called. I take for granted the ability to be, not that I'm ever on the phone, but if I were to be on the phone and the internet at the same time. Because I remember for so long, you, the phone would be busy if you were online. Right. Yeah. Where you would have to be like, all right, I need to download this porn, even though it's only a minute long, but I am keeping my phone off the hook for the next eight hours. Yeah. Yeah. I remember in college, um, I think my senior year, they had Ethernet, so you could be connected all the time. And I I didn't I was like, I didn't even know if I'd heard that correctly, because it didn't make sense to me that a computer could be connected to the Internet all the time, because right. it was supposed to just be, you know, for a session, you'd log on. Um, Where did you come up with the name Death Squad? Um, it actually started, uh, me, Joe Rogan and, uh, like he used to have this guy named Tate Fletcher and a couple of people were at a radio station, Opie and Anthony. And, uh, we're, and, uh, it was after nine 11 or something like that. And there was a lot of news about death squads in the news, you know, like there's, oh, yeah. a, there's a death squad in Iraq and blah, blah. So we walk in like, and Joe used to hang, I mean, we he used to just roll with like 30 people. Like it looked like a, a gang almost, you know? And uh, who were they? Just entourage? Uh, yeah, entourage. Like our entourage had a lot of like 
jujitsu people in it. We had a guy that was like our bodyguard who's this huge guy. We had just like I mean it was a crazy looking need, crew. Did he need a bodyguard? You know, I never thought he did, but I think what he needed was when you work working in the UFC around MMA that you have a lot of those crazy like I want to fight Joe Rogan kind of people, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that he was hired for that. More more like Joe could take care of it, but he just doesn't want to deal with this kind of crap. Right. And it did happen. There was been a few, you know a few incidences where it was just like thank God you know he was there. But uh, we walked into Opie and Anthony. I think Opie said, oh, look, look, "Look at this desk squad walking in here." <laughs> and then for you know for a while we would joke around like we were the desk squad, you know, like our our entourage, I guess. And and then when Rogan's podcast became so popular, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to make a podcast. And then you know some of the people that were in that members of Desk Squad, uh, I'm going to start podcast with them, I and we'll just call it Desk Squad. So that's how it started. And then. You know, Death Squad has grown from just being like a podcast network to almost like a movement now or kind of in comedy. It's kind of like comics are like, yeah, I'm a Death Squad comic. And or if you are associated with the name Death Squad and you go out, people that are Death Squad fans will go to your shows. So it's become this really amazing thing for comedy, especially seeing my friends, you know, like. They'll, they'll come like, hey, I just did a show in Australia and there's all these people with your shirts on and stuff like that. And they're here because they love Death Squad. And so it's grown into like this huge movement uh, for all our friends and just good comedy. So if you ever see Death Squad, you know, and they're a Death Squad comic, it's kind of like an official seal of approval. Like, like no, th- this is good shit, you know. And so it's grown from, you know, podcast to like really interesting in the comedy world too. So. so what are the signifiers of Death Squad? Because I see a lot of hashtags. Powerful, obviously. Olive Garden. Right. Olive Garden butthole? Butthole, yeah. Butthole separately or only as as <laughs> well, relates to Olive Garden? <laughs> well, I, it, 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 there's a lot of things. Like, you know, the powerful is something that Joe Rogan used to always say. Uh, Olive Garden is something that I used to always throw in as a joke. Like, if we were talking on a podcast and I'm saying, like, hey, I'm going to take her to, like, a nice restaurant, you know, like the Olive Garden and stuff like that. <laughs> and then after a while, Joe started thinking that I was getting paid by Olive Garden and I was <laughs> slipping in advertisements into podcasts. And it got to the point where he goes – he got really upset. Like, no, you, Brian, you are you working for Olive Garden? Like, and it was so <laughs> hilarious that I that you know everyone saw this c- coming. You know, so now I still use it. I'll try to sneak in an Olive Garden almost every episode. I'll try to sneak in like certain things. I've kind of like started a game for the the loyal listeners to f- kind of follow around. So a lot of these ha- hashtags are things that you know, like there's another one called Seven where. Uh, we we're talking about the simulation theory and and like how you know we we might be living in a, a, a computer program right now and the matrix yeah the matrix and so I was like yeah I'm going to start hacking this you know and then is I, that the simulation theory is that Baudrillard Do yeah, you know well it's 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 a lot of people there's a lot of different you know theories on it but the biggest thing is that there's lately they've there's some scientists that are claiming that they they're finding computer code in DNA that really resembles like the same kind of code that's in like HTML and it's just like so that we might all be a you know program so like I, I, I yeah are they actually suggesting that actually we might be programmed well if you think about it all right. I mean, if you think about it in a way we are, but I mean in a literal sense, are they saying that? They're, what I think they're saying is that we might all be like the Matrix. We might all in the future be sitting around uh, playing The Sims. And right now you might not know and you die and you wake up and you're in a room somewhere in the future and you're like, wow, that was crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
But, Gary and I are an outgrowth of Candy Crush. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I finally got past that level, by the way. Congratulations. Cost me some money. <laughs> but it was worth it. Okay, back to what we're talking about. So simulation theory. Okay, so seven. So, is- so, so I started saying I'm going to start hacking it. So, I, so then I have this game that I've been playing that I don't even think Joe has really caught on as much as the listeners where – I'll try to say the number seven in every episode. Like I'll be like, you know, yeah, I went there last night and she did it like seven times. And so people have actually cut where I've said seven and made it like a 15-minute YouTube video. And it's just – it sounds like an insane man when you see it all like edited together. But But, wait, what – so seven uh, relates to the theory, but what does seven actually mean? No, seven was just like an example as a lot of what you see in hashtags are just common things that like we'll say on the podcast. Like, you know what I mean? Like seven. Oh, so seven doesn't actually have any – Right. Olive Garden Butthole was a a song that I wrote. about Olive Garden and then that became into a podcast where I'd take a girl to Olive Garden and like a, a date and then would podcast it but then that didn't really last long because no one wants to hear you go like the whole <laughs> the whole time so. so do you actually like Olive Garden? You know I don't mind the salad and breadsticks but now it's blown up where to the point where I, I mean people think it's like my like I have a tattoo on it of it you know no I mean, it's okay I think I heard that you know right. you really like it it's your favorite restaurant no no it's definitely not my favorite <laughs> Fogo de Chao is my favorite restaurant but uh, no Olive Garden's good for salad and breadsticks that was one of those poor uh, meals that you would grow up with your mom and she would take you to eat salad and breadsticks or soup and salad and mm-hmm. breadsticks and so I think that's the I, I think I'm just addicted to the salad because it in the breadsticks because the salad tastes like the same kind of dressing that you had when you're in like elementary school like that generic Italian dressing and mm-hmm. i think i'm just like i don't know i don't know why i like that so much but the food itself eh, who cares you know right. so what are some of the other death squad things um wow there's a lot of them uh there's a oh being bubbled uh like i do a bubbled curse every november and not many of the smart people only the smart people figure out why what that means what i say is like for the next three months, you're going to see Michael Bublé all over, <laughs> and you and this is a curse and blah blah. And so, like the smart people go, you know, f- we'll figure it out. Be like, oh, he's doing a Bublé curse in November because he, Bublé does a lot of Christmas songs. But what's hilarious is the people that freaks him out. We're like, oh my god, Brian, I see Michael Bublé everywhere I go. It's crazy, you know, and and things like that. Like it's what's what's funny is that. Uh, because of all the different podcasts that Death Squad does and the Joe Rogan podcast and stuff, it's if you're paying attention, there's a lot of fun little games and the the community itself. I think there's a a Death Squad for every single state in the United States, like Death Squad Ohio on Twitter, mm-hmm. and and like each one of those have like three to four hundred people that follow it. And just to show you how big the community is, you know, and then Australia and like there's almost a Death Squad. I would say in almost every big country that. So it's it's just the really cool thing about Death Squad is how many uh, people uh, follow it and subscribe to it and, and just like are a part of it. I remember a while ago – I can't remember that well though. But I remember thinking I want Death Squad to like me. I definitely don't want oh, to piss them off. It's with Burt Kreischer. When, yes. Yeah. I think that's what it was. But I remember having this feeling like you definitely do not want to piss off Death Squad. Now, why did I have that feeling? Do you guys have the reputation for being – No, they're just so loyal. They are – I mean they are crazy. It's like anonymous loyal, like where <laughs> where I got in this huge argument with this other guy, comedian, podcaster, and it blew up and became so big. And I think a lot of people saw that. And so then after that, everyone was like, whoa, this shit's more powerful, powerful than I thought. Do you not want to say who it was? 
uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, Jay Moore. And so it, it was something where I, he would post it of, you know, we got back and forth. We, we, we always have these things where we go back and forth and fight and whatever. And then uh, one of the, like he posted a YouTube video and I guess the song was supposed to be about me. And I think the song or the the video got up to 120 pages of YouTube comments from people going, fuck you, Jay Moore. And just like, you know, death squad for life and stuff. And I think, you know, that became so big that it actually made Jay like go, whoa, shit. Uh, mm-hmm. ne- I'm sorry, you know, and try to apologize and stuff. And What was the fight over? You know, I don't even remember. It, it was a lot of before he started his podcast, he wanted me to help him out and figure it out and do it for him and all this stuff. And I had already been doing like, look, I'm already doing 11 podcasts. I don't even know who you are. I've never met you, but I'll write out this like list of things like microphones to buy and stuff. And, uh, did you I, actually not know who he was? I mean, I knew who he was from like movies, but mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. You know, it's like when somebody contacts you, you know, like somebody like him, unless you met him, like I'm, I'm somebody, if I met you, it's totally different, you know, but if I don't even know you and it's like, man, I'm one of the most busiest guys in the road and I don't even know you. Yes, I know who you are, but you want me to do all this work for you. I, it's like, I don't work for you. You know, I'm actually an adult, but, uh, I was going to do it anyway for him. And then, you know, I was just so busy. I didn't, it took a while for me to get it to him. And then next thing you know, he's signed up for, I think Kevin Smith's network at the time or something like that. And then, uh, uh, he just went off on me and just like wrote this like list of 10 things about me, like on his Twitter and, but he never said my name. And then he said it wasn't about me. But then, you know, after all the death squad got after him, then he said it was about me and then he apologized. But then he's, he's like one you know, I, I don't even like talking about it anymore because I, every time I even talk about it, talk about it, like I just get, it just starts over again. Like next thing I know, the he's, it being... then he's, he's going to say something again. And then it's just, you know, it's just like, I have this thing where I've gotten to an age where I just have to cut out fat. You know, if you're, if you're drama to me, if you're stressing me out, if you're doing anything, I'm just not going to talk to you anymore. I'm not, you know, out. I don't need, I, I don't need any more friends. Like this is the first time in, our, in anyone's life that we have a phone book of hundreds of people on our phone. Back in the day, it was like five people we knew, you mm-hmm. know? And so it's, I just don't want any drama. And that's the problem with that gentleman is that it seems like that's what he's known for in the kind of community and stuff. And it's just, I don't want any more drama, you know? Do you, so but do you understand what his – and I actually – I don't. I mm-hmm. I don't know anything about this. But do you – I'm just curious if you have a sense of what his side of the beef is. I think his side of the beef was that I didn't help him out. I didn't – like, hey, I'm just – you know, I – you're supposed to do what I want. You know, don't you know who I am? You know, and but when I'm not benefiting from anything, you know, like like the other guys, you know, like, oh, maybe he could take me on the road, you know, or maybe he can do this for my career. I'm to a point where I'm so happy. You know, I'm – doing what I want to do. I'm, you know, working for Joe, which is great. I'm doing comedy, which I love doing podcasts. There's nothing really much more than I want, you know, like even if somebody came to me like, Hey, we've got this idea for a TV show. I'm like, really TV? I don't know. <laughs> you, know? Um, you said that you're trying to avoid drama. Do you feel like drama finds you? Oh yeah. Especially jealousy drama because, you know, working for Joe, that's for other comics, you know, it's, it's a huge thing. I've fought with jealousy a lot ever since I've met Joe. Uh, getting the job, getting uh, you know other comics, comedians, people, you know, him throwing me up in front of him in front of sold out shows while other comics are you know 
like they look at that and like oh that's yeah you're not a real comic you you cheated and blah 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 and i'm like i'm very lucky you know it's it's just that i mean there's there's several fellow comedians that i've gotten fights with over jealousy issues and and things like that do they say stuff directly to you or you just get a vibe from them or? oh no i had one incident incident which was as a friend of mine uh, at the, that i thought and he's a, at the time was a big alcoholic and uh, he he pretty much told me how he felt in front of the whole hollywood improv in front of all the other comics and managers he just you know he, he was on stage or no 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 this is at the bar he was drunk Starts going off on me, going crazy. Next thing you know, I'm just like, what the fuck? So I walk outside and every comic walked outside and said, dude, you did not deserve that. What was that all about? Who, you know? I want to ask who it was. And I know you probably don't want to say. However, a whole Hollywood improv already knows. So. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, and the problem that I mostly had with it was that uh, I had done so much for this person. You know, out of my free time, I, I built something for him. I did all this stuff for him. And. And it really, to him, was like a, a jealousy thing. When it got down to it, he didn't think he didn't th- uh, bl- think I deserved what I had. You know, are and you, I have that a lot. I have a lot of people that that believe that because I work for Joe. Are you, know? you not friends with him anymore? No. no. After that, I, I've ta- I've seen him once before, and you know, I'm I'll still be nice to you, but you know, there's there's certain things that that still pop up that kind of make me change everything. You know, like uh, like he'll he did something recently that was like, uh, you know, that was like really disrespectful. He did another thing. You know, I don't know if he was directly involved with it or what, but yeah, I don't know. When you when you see smoke, you know, there's always fire, and that's with people, I think, and that's what going back to like relationships when you're when you're should have been out of a relationship a long time ago. You saw that smoke. Mm-hmm. You know, why are you trying to act like there's you know the smoke just came out of nowhere? So I, I don't know, man. I have a really hard t- time, you know, with a lot of things like that, trust in a lot of people and stuff like that, because I really, with Death Squad, I really, you know, with all these comics, you know, like, uh, I'm really doing this on my free time. I'm spending my own money, you know, doing this uh, just to help friends out, help, you know, people out. And it helps me out, too, because people are like, you know, Brian's the one that helped me out and and, you know, being recognized for that. But when, you know, when that's like kind of, you know, the person slaps you in the face and then, you know, tries to embarrass you. That's really, it really hurts. You're just mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? You know, and there's generally, the guy that did this, you know, he's, I think he's sober now and I think everything's good and I have no ill will or anything like that, but still there's it's just. a certain step he'll be taking in which case he might make amends to you. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he, he wrote me a letter and gave me an Olive Garden gift certificate. <laughs> so, I mean, like. So see, he's trying. See, everything was fine. But then, you know, and then something else happens, you know, six months later and you're just like. What was this other thing? Without getting into detail, is pretty much taking something that I owned and rebranding it and taking out all mentions of me in it, and it just wasn't cool, you know. And it it, it was it's it's not cool because uh, for a lot of reasons. But the biggest thing is why would you go out of your way doing all this? Like you're almost like no, I still don't want anything. I hate you. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. wait, I thought we we're friends. What you know? Um, when something hurts you, do you address it with the person? Yeah. Yeah, most of the time I do. I'm pretty vocal about things. Like, I have a friend that right now that's just doing a lot of dumb shit in his life. And, you know, we're all the other friends of ours that know him. They're not 
as vocal as me. I'm the one that's going straight up to him and like, like, look, if, if, if I see this person around you, I am going to, you know, so yeah, I'm, I, I would say I'm, and I'm a lot more, I grew up on the internet message boards, things like that, you know, where I even trolled, you know, a lot, you know, growing up. So not gay trolling, like trolling on message boards, <laughs> but, uh, uh, so like I have like a really weird thing. Like if somebody rubs me the wrong way, I'll make sure they know they did it. You know, you know, look at the Carlos, the Carlos Mencia thing. That, I, know, yeah, fill me in on, on that. Uh, well, that was somebody that, you know, was in the community was kind of known as like a joke thief. Right. And, you know, for a w- long time, I had known this and making videos for Rogan, I used to always just kind of do like little kind of jabs at him, you know, making like little videos and stuff. But then one time uh, I came up to him or he came up to me and just got right in my face and I had never really met him before. And the videos I made, I, you know, they got like 20 views, you know, it wasn't like what big, kind of videos they were like, you know, showing him uh, stealing a joke. Yeah. Like, like a joke, you know, or something but like, like editing together someone telling the joke originally and then him telling it. Yeah. Yeah. But it never it never was really that well seen like it was only for like a message board to see kind of video Mm -hmm. oh like he'd been googling himself right yeah and then the one time he just got in my face and did this like thing where he chicken necked me right and then you like 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 you know where you like try to get in somebody's face to flinch him or something Mm -hmm. like that and ever since then i was just like what the so then so he knew it was you who had made these videos though i don't think so i think he just knew that i was friends with rogan at the time because these videos weren't really there was only one or two did he steal rogan's jokes yeah he did okay uh, but but what went, went what happened is is that they got in a fight on stage once and I just happened to be there and I was like you know what I'm gonna record this I'm gonna make edit it and show all the proof that I had you know known about and try to make a good video like I was using clips from you know like Howard Stern and and just like you know all these clips just showing him stealing over and over and over again and like how George Lopez beat him up at the Laugh Factory and I made this like like a, I think it was a 12 minute video. And I think in the first two or three days of releasing this, uh, it got like four million views. And, you know, it just blew up. I was on Adam Carolla's radio show back in the day because of it. And, and you know. When and, was this? Oh, Sorry, two, I don't two, know th- about this. I feel like I definitely oh, should know it's about one of the, this. It's huge. It's, it's one of the greatest videos ever. Uh, I mean, I know, I know Carlos Mencia's reputation. And I know that he and Marin got into it a bit, right? Yeah, well, Marin had him on his show, I think, yeah. and then Marin wasn't happy with the questions that he asked, so he invited him back the next day and got a little bit more deeper. And that's all based on this video mm-hmm. and okay. and all this stuff. And it's you know, now looking back at it, I never see Carlos anymore and or anything like that. I don't think he steals anymore. He's he says you know he said recently on his Twitter, which was kind of interesting because he always was in denial about it, and you know he said that was the old me, you know that so. But what the coolest thing about that video, it got it gained me some respect and Joe a lot of respect uh, just to show that you shouldn't do that, you know, because I think a lot of comedians don't get didn't get that idea before where mm-hmm. they think, oh, I heard this joke. I'm just going to say it on stage, you know, instead of like, wait, who said that joke originally? You know, that's not your joke. You know, that's not your voice, your thoughts. And and so I think that was one of the most important um, videos for stand up comedy that I know I can think of. Just because it really showed the community, uh, the you know what you're not supposed to do, and the video really showed a lot of comedians coming together, going, "No, look, man, you are a joke thief. You are stealing. You stole from me, and 
So I think that was the first time where it really showed like how because the comedy family is so powerful. You know, when somebody passes or something like that, you've never seen a tighter group of people just come together. Like if, if a doctor dies, not every doctor gets together <laughs> and like. And, you know, comics are a lot different. It's it's a really tight family. And when you have a couple of these bad eggs that, you know, keep on hurting the other ones and, and have like a number one show on Comedy Central that's making millions and selling out arenas with other people's jokes and no one's doing anything about it. And if somebody like Joe Rogan steps up to him, it's really a powerful video to watch. And, uh, yeah, so... I don't know how we got into that video. <laughs> well, I think, well, I know that you were saying that you trolled when you were younger. Yeah, so, you're kind so, of a oh, high so, so yeah, so yeah. When somebody rubs me the wrong way, I usually snap back, and I usually try to make it a point to be like, "Look, man, don't fuck with me," you know, because I might be a, a a tubby little skinny white kid or fat white kid, but <laughs> but I I'm I'm not dumb, and I'm very creative, and I can find a really creative way to get revenge on you that would make you really think about it for a long time instead of doing something like I'm just going to punch you in the face, you know, or <laughs> something like that. So, uh, is that are are you a vengeful person? Not vengeful, but if you really do something to me, I will I will find a fun way to get you back. Like I, I used to make animations like I would, this guy that I used to always fight with on message board I would make like this little cartoon about him and like you know I would do things like make cartoons about getting revenge you know so when, when it comes to stuff like that yeah you know I, I I don't know I think everyone should just treat them nice and when you when you're vengeful over somebody or like I saw somebody the other day uh steve was on stage and uh I love steve and you know this guy just thinks that Steve was coming in here and taking, you know, like ruining the comedy name because because he doesn't, this guy didn't believe that he should deserve to be on stage, you know, and stuff like that. I'm like, man, he's a fellow comic. And you know what? He probably, he, he, I hear him get a lot of, la- I saw Steve the other day, laughs the whole thing. He was hilarious, interesting. He was an amazing storyteller. And there's no way that this person that told me that should have any, reason to think that he doesn't deserve this you know and and but the problem i had with him is that he said it this guy said it on stage right when he got off like came on when stage steve o got off stage yeah and then whispered it i guess into steve's ear even Jeez. and it just really just it angered me because that you know i i hate when people try to hurt each other you know and and when it's so mean and unnecessary and if you don't like somebody you just don't like somebody you know you have to you know try to embarrass them try to make them feel bad and and that's why when like I get a lot of hate sometimes with certain from certain people that it, it really I want them to know like look you you shouldn't be doing this man I want them to kind of feel instead of me going ah you're a jerk you know and then doing it again to somebody else I want them to really you know I don't think Carlos is going to be stealing material anymore you know because of that video you know and I don't think you know you know th- this other person you know Jay this hopefully he doesn't want to start fights with me anymore because he knows you know there's no reason to it's just going to lead to annoying tweets and and nothing positive is going to come out of that at all see i hate when people hurt each other as well but that stops me from ever really getting in someone's face because i'm afraid i would hurt them like do you have and i'm I worry that it sounds like I'm passing judgment on you, and I'm not. I'm, I'm interested in, in your response to, to this stimulus, stimulus. I'm wondering, do you feel like you don't like when people hurt each other, but if, but if someone hurts someone else, then they deserve retribution? 
Oh, meaning if I see somebody do it to somebody else, or even uh, do it to you. Like if I see somebody else doing it to somebody else, it makes me really judge that person definitely. Like it's see that's the good thing though. Like like with Death Squad and all the comics that are in the podcast that we do. They're all just cool people. You met Tom Segura. You, you know Tom. You know you, you, uh, you know a lot of these guys, and they're just all good people. And so, luckily, ninety percent of the time, we, we don't have to deal with these kind of people. Mm. And and the cool thing about it is when there is, uh, you know, somebody that 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 people know that is just you know just not a good person. We just won't let them into our group. You know, they're not death squad, I guess. You know, they're the, <laughs> so it's it's some other squad. Uh, some other squad, right? Right. <laughs> but I don't know. There was one thing I wanted to ask you about. Yes. I listened to your podcast, uh, your last one mm-hmm, with Emily Gordon. Yeah, and I, I love pawn talk or your tampon talk. Tamp talk. I, tamp talk. <laughs> but it can be pawn talk too. But that you guys didn't believe that somebody can get a condom stuck in or a uh, tampon stuck into them and this this happened to me and it was one of the most horrible things not to me but she had one of the littler ones the ones i think you said you used and then switched to Mm -hmm. i i had sex with her while she had it in there she didn't remember she had it in there i can't i cannot hear anyone say that without crossing my legs and wincing but okay but what was weird is when we had sex we were really drunk and I remember thinking, like, "Ow, what the hell? You know, something's, right. What's in there? something's not right in there." And I go, "Is there? Do you have a tampon in?" And she goes, "No, I don't have one." I was like, uh, "It feels like you do." And she says, "No." She fell asleep. Next day, she was getting really sick, and then uh... she comes in. And she goes, "I think there is a tampon in me." And then she's like, "I can't get it out though." And then she wanted me to reach inside and try to pull it out, and I couldn't feel anything or mm-hmm. anything. And I think she. <laughs> I think she uh, got it out herself eventually, but it had been up there for two days, she said, or a day wow. and a half. And I don't think it went into whatever. Yeah, I the... think what we were saying is it can't because the story that Emily told, someone told the story on Emily's podcast, right. which is that someone had sex with a tampon in and it like went into her uterus. Yeah, and that's what we were saying. That. I don't think I can get into the uterus, but right. I, it could get pushed up there's, but i mean, I mean yeah, it's not floating around like by your shoulders no <laughs> like, no it's just up hot right way up in the vaginal canal right but i guess it could get up there high enough that you'd have trouble getting it out yeah and there's Ew. like little pockets on the sides on the right side and the left side isn't there like yes little, yeah. yes actually actually since we're <laughs> gary's <laughs> head just fell into his hand <laughs> however i have to say it now in trying to figure out what the hell? Why am I all of a sudden having such a heavy flow? And why is it sometimes seemingly bypassing the tampon? It occurred to me the tampon, like the here's the river and the tampon's right. up on that. What's on the edge of a river? Uh, river shoulder? Yeah. Bank. bank yeah. yeah. It's in the bank. Yeah. Got to pull that thing down. Right. So it can damn, damn the flood. That's right. You're, you're getting heavier flows the older you get, which right. is it's interesting because. I, I think that's normal for most girls because I've noticed. I think so. Noticed, Although no one ever told me about this. Right. But yeah. Yeah. And and then well, you've noticed what in and girls? By the way, girls are disgusting. Like 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 you said that yeah. you know with this this tampon being stuck. I've had some of the most grossest things. Like like I knew a girl that she was like never wanted to. Uh, she just used paper towels for maxi pads, and she never even used tampons. Oh boy. Yeah. Why? Because it's paper towels are free. I don't know. They're a dollar for a whole. I feel like they wouldn't work very well, though. I when she showed me that, that was the last time I was like with her. I was like, "That's." She showed that to you. Yeah, she's like, "Give me some paper towels." And I brought them in. I was like, "Why?" And she goes, "Cause." And then she just like puts it in. I'm like, "What are you doing?" She goes, "It's a lot cheaper." 
And like, <laughs> First of all, she has a terrible voice. <laughs> yeah, well, and, you know, just things like that or, or uh, yeast infections have been the thing that has been bugging me the most lately, girls that have yeast infections. This has been a, a problem lately. propping up in your life frequently? Yeah, yeah, a lot. Tell me more. It just seems like girls have a lot of yeast infections and a lot of problems that they don't deal with as much as you think they would. How are you encountering this, though? Like you're seeing Monistat in the bathroom or you're like, what's that smell? No, when you pull it out and there's like little chunks on your dick. Oh! You know, it looks like cottage cheese thrown on a wall. Uh, This is a time I really wish we were on video because Gary's pleasuring himself. Right. But but you know I've I've noticed that's one thing in California. It seems like girls' vaginas just aren't as clean as they were in Ohio. They're <laughs> right down the time code. <laughs> that's the promo. Um, and it's like interesting. Yeah, and it's like uh, you know, a couple years ago I would say when if I, mean, I say four years ago, mm-hmm. uh, like you know I told was like there's something wrong. There's this is not supposed to be. And you know, this is based on pulling out your dick and yeah, seeing something. Yeah, just seeing shit and then be like, what's that? You know, you can, you can tell when a girl's a yeast effect. And so I'm like, you should get that taken care of. And then she's like, oh, I'll go get some monostat or whatever. And How then, did she not know? I mean, there are other ways saying. to know. That's what I'm saying. Like, the intense itching is the main one. How do you not know you have a tampon inside you? And I mean, like, like what's crazy? Once in college, I did discover that I had two inside me. I mean, I knew I thought I had one, but there was another, and I, and it made me very uncomfortable to think. I had spent a couple hours with two in there. So that can happen. You can just, you can be sort of on um, period maintenance autopilot where you're just, you think you're, right. you know, and then you accidentally. But I don't. You know what also. The whole though, thing of like having one that you forgot about in there for a while, that I don't know how that happens. I guess because the string goes up there and then you just forget. Yeah. And when you pee, sometimes you pee on the string and you just like, oh, oh I can just tuck this back in and just dry it off a little. Yes, but that's what I, that what I was saying. Well, see, because it, it depends. Like, let's say you just put the tampon in, right. and then you have to pee. It feels wasteful as well as a little bit irritating to take it out and put another one in. So you're like, I'm just gonna man up. <laughs> but then a minute later, there's just an uncomfortable wetness, and right. then I, if it's me, I'm like, fuck it, I'm just gonna change it. Right, it, and you know, and what it might be though, because I do, I hang out with younger girls, so I think you know, maybe these just girls just don't know things as much but still like if you're 23 22 you should know are they skanks no okay no i mean it, this it's just to me it seems weird because you know the, the yeast thing is what it's really weird because like right. it seems like that's more common than than i thought it would would be the yeasty stuff and it's interesting yeah and it freaks me out because like guys can get yeast infections while having sex with a girl that has a yeast infection i've heard that but i've never known a guy who had one right well because there's not really any symptoms mm-hmm. so oh. I've been so freaked out lately. I've been like online figuring what to do. So I figured out that they say you could take Monistat 7 and just put it on your dick. And so I've been using it as lotion lately. Monistat 7. Because the way you actually do it is what? Like shoot it up inside your vagina? You're supposed to shoot it up inside okay. of you. But for guys, you could just put it on. Right. Or if you use, masturbate, use it, use it to masturbate. Oh, smart. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, why not? You know, it's helpful lotion. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is very interesting. This a lot the idea that vaginas are dirtier or less less hygienic out here than Ohio. I think so. Is our pubic hair different out here? Oh yeah, the, we had pubic hair in Ohio. There's no pubic hair out right. here. Right. Okay. Um 
You know, there's but no then, crabs anymore because pubic hair. Yes, I read that. Isn't that crazy? I remember hearing that. Um, but then I'm wondering, my question of if they're, if they're skanks or not is because, but see that now that's not the right question because I know that UTIs, if you have a lot of sex, you can get a UTI, but mm-hmm. that's not a yeast infection. Right. But this is making me think. I used to get, like in my late teens, early 20s, I did get yeast infections more often. Now it's been, thank God, a really, really long time. So right. maybe it is a, is I don't know why, thing? but maybe it is. It, I'm thinking maybe it is. Because when you look at it, it says multiple partners is one of them, you know, if you, or a new partner. Or uh, I mean, the, I was a virgin the first time I ever had one. So oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I got it, but it also could be just an early sign of diabetes. I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff that you, you know that you can have. So I don't know. It freaks me out. That freaks me out the most because that in the supposed cancer that you go get can get from going down on a girl. You know. Uh, oh, the Michael Douglas thing? The Michael thing. Douglas thing, right. Because that really freaks me out, too, because it's just like I don't want to even go down anymore because of either that or because of yeast. And it's just – I don't know. I've been so jaded lately. I need to find a virgin, I think. Or you need to, fi- <laughs> <laughs> or you need to find a doctor. Right. A doctor. Who, <laughs> who can impart who – can, who can make you feel comfortable and let you know sort of what is okay and what isn't. Because I had this really – really awful gynecologist who told me that girls were showing up at his office with warts in the back of their throat from blowjobs and da da da. And then one day I saw some like a couple white spots in the back of my throat uh-huh. and I went in freaked out and he's like, Oh, I don't know what that is. You have to go to a you know ear, nose and throat doctor. And I mean it turned out to be nothing. But then my next gynecologist who was really nice and non judgmental and she's like, Oh yeah, that's a non issue. Like in theory it can happen, but it's nothing that you need to be worried about like it doesn't she's never actually seen it happen right i know i don't i feel like people are going to write in and be like no you know they have seen it happen but i don't know so i guess what i'm i don't know the michael douglas thing i don't know if they know for sure that that was i think HPV. it turned out that it was something else actually yeah i think it was something else i think so i, I said go back to going down on one yeah it. except the usd thing yeah I had I had something you want to hear something really gross please do you really okay so I uh, I uh, was hanging out with this really young girl and she was like you know I want to do Molly and I was like I've only done it once before you know I'm an old man I don't know if I want to do this so anyways we do it it turned out to be awesome and uh, you know especially when you're on having sex and stuff like that you can't really feel your body you you know you're, you're going going crazy with each other so I went down with her, you know, from behind. I was eating her ass, and she couldn't feel her butt, so she just <laughs> shit in my mouth. Oh my god! And then I, I didn't know what to do because I didn't want her to be embarrassed or ruin the whole mood. So I just started wiping it on her butt cheek, you know, trying to wipe it off. <laughs> See, I just, I, I just don't know if I can go down anymore. I think I'm just done. I think I'm just going. I to... feel like you've had a few really <laughs> bad experiences. I think so too. How pleasurable was this for her, though? If she couldn't feel her butt. Oh, it's. Have, have you done Molly? No. Off the record. Even on the record, yeah. on and off. Would I you do not. it? I would need to know more. I don't know. I never even did ecstasy. Like I feel like the window for me to have done drugs closed a while ago. You're younger than me. I, th- I don't think I am. I'm 38. I'm 39. Okay, I am. Um, but I mean only a tiny bit. Right. But I just mean I was very – like I've never done acid. I've never done shrooms. I was oh, very not curious. Done anything. Mm-mm. I've done some stuff, but just not the – Fun stuff. Yeah. Mushrooms. Um, I was very curious about that when I was in college 
But I, I, I don't know. Now I like I can't even enjoy getting high anymore because I just I begin to think about all the things I have to get done, and I, I don't know. Like yeah. I feel like the fun, the fun drug times are behind me. Yeah, I agree with that. But you know what's really cool? Uh, you still have a fiance, right? I do. Uh, one of the coolest things ever is if you just lay back with your fiance, take one, you'll just be relaxed. It makes you feel relaxed. You're just in love with the person you're with. You're just you're having the greatest time, and it really is a really amazing truth serum. And like you'll just be sitting there telling your fiance things that you've always wanted to say, but maybe just was, didn't say it. And it's just it's one of the most beautiful. Uh, uh, drugs to do in the right situation. Like I don't believe in like popping three and going to a concert, or, you know, <laughs> or anything like that, you know. But if you do it in the right situations, it will be one of the most memorable experiences ever. Especially if you do it with somebody you love. It's, How long does it last? Uh, if it's good and real, it will last a good two to three hours, and then it's not. That's a, a, that's a manageable amount of time. Yeah, and and you know, and it's that's what always scared me about acid. The idea, of, right? Like, Here's twelve hours. Good luck. Yeah. Or whatever, however long it lasts. Yeah. And I, yeah, mushrooms, that's why, I mean, I used to do acid, but that's why I always did mushrooms because I have a shorter period of time. But now, like, my my mushrooms just do not work on me anymore. It's just like, oh, do I want to have diarrhea and talk to Jesus at the same time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So it lasts two to three hours. Yeah. And it just, it, it makes you feel what people say that ecstasy it's, makes you feel. It, yeah. And it's pretty much what, what, and what Molly is, is pretty much pure ecstasy, what it's supposed to be. Ecstasy is usually mixed, I believe, with something else, or, you know, it's just a little bit more dirtier of a drug. But, you know, this is, no, the pure. And if you take it the right supplements, I guess, before and after, you won't even have, even feel it the next day and even have a little hangover. You know, some people, you know, they take it and then it just kills them the next day. They just feel dumb or brain dead. But that's just your or body. I've heard of people feeling depre- uh, depressed. Depressed yes. because they felt so happy before. So, exactly. But that's your body's just needs more serotonin. And it's so, like you can take like a 5-HTP or, or, or things like that. You could take like pretty good supplements that that's not even an issue anymore. And, you know, I never did ecstasy growing up. That Like I did almost everything else. I think I did ecstasy once but it was on a candy flip, which is uh, a piece of candy that had acid and ecstasy on it. And I don't even remember that experience. But, but you know, I just recently did Molly a few times. I've only done it a few times. But it's every single time, like, memorable, amazing, you know, if in the right situation, except being pooped on in your mouth. Yeah, now will my butt go numb? <laughs> no, but you know what? The sex is crazy. I mean, it will take you to another level where it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I highly recommend – that's, like – no mushrooms i don't really recommend much anymore weed you know it's for some people it's okay but you know molly that's that was just amazing if you're with the right person it's great you should really try sold yeah ish all right let's do just me everyone quickly sometimes i ponder on something i have thought or done is it just me or everyone all right. Jason Dix says, I become frozen with fear when one of those emergency broadcast system messages or breaking news reports come on TV. I don't. Not when the emergency broadcast system thing comes on, because I just always assume that's a test. With breaking news, I do look up, but I don't become scared. What happened to the emergency thing? Like, Remember like every Wednesday at noon, yes. there was that. They don't do that anymore. Do they not? 
there, I used to hear it all the time where I live, unless the one by me doesn't do it anymore. But it used to be Wednesday at noon. Yeah, I don't get scared by anything. In, in the breaking news, it's more like, oh, cool, what's going on? But usually actually breaking news, I was like, oh, I knew about this on Twitter two hours ago. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. All right. Rich Bryant says, my Tupperware drawer has nine containers, 17 lids, none match. When I mention it to my wife, she says, I use all that stuff. Um, yes, I, we, I also have mismatched, mix, excuse me, mismatched. My brain wanted to say mix. Mismatched, non-mixing Tupperware happening. Um, I don't have a wife. If I did, I don't know if she'd yell that. But I do think that what she's saying is get off my case. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I'm the wrong person to ask. I don't have a dishwasher, so I use a so lot of sorry. paper plates. And then when a girl comes over and was like, I want to cook for you, you never cook. And so she'll make this humongous, nice meal. And I feel so happy. But then like two weeks later, it's just in my sink. I'll do the, uh, all right, I'm going to throw all this away and then go on Amazon and buy new dishes. So I do that a lot. So yeah, all my stuff is messed up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for like two years, my sister and I just used paper plates and yeah. plastic utensils because <laughs> we didn't have a dishwasher. Um, Lisa says, when people post pictures of the food they are about to enjoy, I always picture what it will look like later in the toilet. Look like in the toilet later. I don't. Who does that? She just does. Her. Just that. That's it. Just you. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm wondering how much variation there is in what she imagines. Natasha Karinchik says, when I need to put something in a dryer already on, I'll try and do it really fast so I don't have to restart it. That doesn't work. Yeah, I don't think that would work. That, there's no way that no, works. It's an uh-uh. on-off. It's pretty much when it opens. When the door opens. You, it, you could theoretically get a sock in there maybe. What? Like if you, if you threw it right at the right angle. I had an old dryer that if you just opened it just fast enough and like immediately closed it again, it would – the circuit would connect and it would keep going, hmm. but you wouldn't be able to get anything. No. That would be a hell of a shot. We're going to need to know more about your dryer. Marcus Angstrom <laughs> says, I'm much more comfortable swearing in front of one parent than the other. In my case, my mom. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty comfortable swearing in front of both. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. My mom's the only one that says stuff once in a while. Like, no, you don't have to say that. And I was like, mom, grandma used to call black people colored. And like, like. <laughs> Like, why are you so ashamed by the word poop? <laughs> Lorraine says, talk to myself when I think or remember something embarrassing from my life. It distracts my brain to think another thought. No, I don't. But I, I actually, I imagine hitting myself really hard in the forehead with my palm. <laughs> I pretty much always, I'm like, oh, God, I'm so lame. Ugh. That's what I imagine. It's, it's very self-loving. Okay, and I said loving, not loathing, but I was being sarcastic. R.W. Williams says, just me or everyone, I can't look at my own poop. My doctor says I should look at it to make sure I'm healthy, but I refuse to. Gross. I can't not look at mine. I always, I enjoy it. And by the way, I stand when I poop. You do not. Yes, I do. And I've been talking about this for 10 years. uh, And I've done many, many polls on the internet several times. And it's always almost been 50-50. Did you know? We, have you done a poll yet? You'll be surprised. No, we've done we've done extensive. I wouldn't even call it polling. I'd call it field research about whether people sit or stand to wipe. Right. 
but not to poop. No, I mean standing to wipe. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. what I'm about. Yeah, I thought you. Oh, <laughs> you stand were to poop. Who does that? No one does I don't that. No, there'd be an immense. There's, there'd be aim involved and a splash. Um, so you found it to be fifty fifty. Yeah, this is gratifying for me. Because I maintain, I mean, I, a little bit of a sit and then uh, finish it off with standing. There's some people who just say more. I say more people than not will not accept that standing can be it's in, involved in the wipe. People are always shocked when I say yeah. that. But then there's always that one or two people that go, "Oh no, what are you talking about? Yeah, I'm you one sit of them. when you wipe." No, I stand because I know that's how I was trained. <laughs> uh, you can get more in there i think like when you're sitting down you're pretty much just like trying plus i have a big dick so i can't really it's hard for me to go around my dick and like try to aim for the butthole and stuff like that like i can't you know i i don't know how sitters do it like do they do it from the back is that yeah or they do it from the front from the back from the back so you're you're you got to sit up a little just to put your hand in there or yeah Yeah. well you come at it from the side and then side (laughs) <laughs> see that makes no I sense. To, I can see you trying to imagine how you do it. Yeah, yeah. That makes no sense to me. It seems like it's very. Yeah, you kind of just lift, lift a, lift a cheek. So up. So you lift a cheek up yeah. instead of putting like one foot on the toilet seat or just bending over and getting in there and really working at it, getting some. I don't know. When it just doesn't seem like when you're we really sitting. Got into this far too late. I feel like we can do another hour. On I know. This. <laughs> Tony says, "Feel bad when I see a new business open that I know is destined to fail. Want to go in and ask the owners what the fuck they're thinking." Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like it doesn't happen that often that I have that thought, but sure. And then Mitch Soprenant says, I can't stand riding in a car with someone in complete silence. I need the radio, a podcast, or constant conversation. Mitch. Let's never take a car ride together. <laughs> I, 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 am, I, I admit that most of the time I am quiet. And a lot of times I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm, I've been driving for an hour and I'm just in complete quietness because yeah. I'm just inside my own head thinking of what I sh- was supposed to be doing, what I'm not doing. Yeah, I like quiet. I like peaceful. I just you know, spent four days in San Diego by myself in a hotel room because I like that. I mm-hmm. like turning off. It's nice. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I uh... – my car rides involve both. Sometimes there's conversation. Sometimes yeah. there's just just silence. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much yeah. for being on my show. Definitely. People can follow you on Twitter at... R-E-D-B-A-N, Red Band. And uh, tell us or pl- plug anything else that you want people to go look up. Uh, my podcast, uh, it's pretty much called Death Squad. If you just subscribe to Death Squad, it has all the podcasts underneath it in, as one. Uh, or you just go to DeathSquad.tv. And then uh, for comedy, I, I will be in uh, San Francisco um, November 20th with Dean Del Rey at the Punchline. And you can just get all the, the tour info at TV. Excellent. Now, on the off chance that November 20th already happened by the time this airs, mm. then I'm sure it was a wonderful show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just go. You know, it's always DeskSquad.tv has all the tour dates and stuff. And if you want one of the T-shirts I sell, it's uh, ShopSquad.tv and make limited edition kitty cat T-shirts. Awesome. Thank you so much. You can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow Gary at G. Patrick Smith. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at ARIYMBF. You can email us, ARIYMBF at AdamCarolla.com. And we have a ringtone available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. Not only is it a wonderful message to send to yourself and people around you and to whoever might be calling you or just to the day when you wake up if you set it as your alarm. But it allows you to find out who the other Allison Rosen is your new best friend listeners are because someone told me they were at Target and their phone rang and the clerk said, I love that show. 
And uh, and I love that story. So you need this ringtone. You get it by searching "Hey, go fuck yourself" with your iPhone in i yeah in iTunes. Uh, also, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you are because they have everything, why not click through the banner on my website, AllisonRosen.com? It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it does help out the show. All right, thank you guys so much for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? Digital.